Hey guys, welcome back to Overcomplicated. Uh, this is episode two, and we're taking things a little bit more serious this time. Um, so obviously in our last episode, we had a little fun list that we went through of interesting, fun, and sometimes disturbing facts. Um, but this time we we decided we wanted to talk about something that's kind of important to us, but we feel that people today need to practice, right? And that is solitude. So today we're going to talk about like what does solitude mean to us, when's it good, when's it bad, and basically like how do we use that today? So Cody, you said you have like the actual definition? Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Well, you go ahead and start us off then. Okay, cool. Um, according to Google, um, and I believe this is the definitions from the Oxford Language Dictionary, solitude is the state or situation of being alone. Hmm. That's it. Okay. All right. That is vastly, like, in general, I was expecting it to be a lot more, like, specific rather than just alone. Yep. You're like, right. Because, you know, with solitude, I think what a lot of people get wrong about that is that, oh, if someone has solitude, they hate people or they're just so lonely and don't have people. Mm -hmm. But, like, for me, like, when I hear the word solitude, I think two things first thing I think of is that city in Skyrim that's actually called Solitude. Uh, <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I do think of that routinely. It's like, that's what a weird name for a city. Anyway. But the other thing I think of is all of the good times when it was just me. And I was able to be alone with my thoughts, which honestly for some people is terrifying. But for me, like, when you learn how to use that in a healthy manner, it's awesome, and you need to do that from time to time. Healthy so, manner. That's yeah. the kicker. That's, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I know for me, up until probably the past couple of years, I was terrified of the idea of, like, being alone, or even just, like, stopping. I realized mm -hmm. looking back on, like, through, especially in my college years, I would constantly have something to do. Looking back, again, hindsight, 2020, as always, mm -hmm. um... I recognize that that was like, oh, I was trying to unhealthily cope with depression and anxiety. Right. But um, I was like, well, if I just fill my time, I don't have to worry about sitting in my thoughts. But again, I'd never even thought I was depressed at mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the idea of solitude to me was scary because it meant I wasn't doing anything mm -hmm. with anyone. Therefore, mm -hmm. nothing was productive. Gotcha. Or fun. Hmm. Because you, I guess in that time, it was just like, okay, if I want to enjoy the people that I'm around, I have to be with them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think for me, because I didn't go to college, yep. I just went straight into workforce. And for me, it was, I think it was basically the same thing, only I flipped it hmm. to where, which, and I'm, very introverted so I definitely like my alone time and I acknowledge way too much like I enjoy it way too much um, but I, I think I took that and I flipped it mm -hmm. but at the same time was always doing something I was mm -hmm. never true like I was playing video games I was watching something I was learnt, like watching YouTube videos I was trying to teach myself 3D design I was trying like I was always doing something by myself. Hmm. 
but I wasn't actually like alone. Yeah, I, I was. I was constantly moving. It was in that constant process. distractions. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, constant distractions by yourself, <laughs> where mine was yes. a constant distraction with others. Yeah, that's really interesting. Oh, yeah. um, also, a side note for anyone that doesn't know, um, Tim um, or Cody or Jackson. Um, <laughs> yeah. I am highly extroverted, um, though have learned <laughs> to enjoy the times of introversion and self-reflection. Um, and Tim is indeed introverted, as he said. Very introverted. I think you're introverted, aren't you, Jackson? So I definitely lean heavily introverted, but if right. I'm being completely honest, I do think that I'm an omnivert extremist. Oh, That's gosh. what I've called it. And so, like, <laughs> omnivert, which is what I, I believe that everyone is some level of omnivert, right? Okay. Because, like, I don't believe that anyone wants to be alone forever, right? I do not believe there's anyone who's like, I could live in a cave, never see a human being, and be perfectly fine. Are there people who feel that way or go through periods that way? Totally, mm -hmm. yes. But I don't think that's a forever thing. However, I also know that there's definitely no one on the face of the planet who's like, I must be around people 100% of the time their whole lives. That will kill you. Yeah, yeah it will actually kill you, right? Um, and so for me, I feel now, modern day Jack, <laughs> 2022 Jack, yep. I definitely feel the introversion in the extreme. Like when I have reached my social limit, cutoff time. Mm -hmm. But I also enjoy being in a room with my people. Right, mm -hmm. and my people it changes depends on you know where I am. It's mm -hmm. like these are my people. Even if we're sitting in silence, if I am physically in the same proximity with them, and we don't say anything for hours, which has happened a couple of times, I'm perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, so this is my time to be with you. You know, obviously yeah. not talking sounds so introverted, but it's like still your physical proximity to me is what's helping. Yeah, I right? appreciate that right. closeness. Yeah, yeah. But I definitely lean introvert. Like, that's definitely my favorite one. Um, but people are also great, honestly. Annoying, but great. Um, <laughs> and so, like, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, naturally when I ask myself questions, I always find the two extreme answers, right? So I'm trying to think of myself now. Like, when was I most alone and when was I least alone as far as solitude is considered, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And honestly, the first time that comes to mind is several years ago, the whole family went to camp except for me. And I honestly don't remember why I didn't go. Um, it wasn't like, oh, I don't want to be there. It wasn't like I had anything against camp. I love camp, right? Um I may have just gotten back from a trip or something. I really honestly don't remember. But I said, like, I will come to camp when I'm ready. I remember saying that. Um, and so mom and dad were like, okay, sure, yeah, you can stay at the house. You know, mow the lawn if you want. Um, did you mow the lawn? I did. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Maybe one of the few times I actually did mow the lawn. Um, but I didn't say anything. No words came out of my mouth for three days. Three entire days. And then I remember driving out to camp and someone said, Hey, Jack. And I said, Hey. And I like paused for a second because it's like, 
this is the first human interaction I've had in 72 hours. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know how I felt about it. It was just so bizarre. But as far as like yeah. the longest amount of time that I've been alone, like not being with another human being, mm-hmm. three days. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. I don't know if I'll ever have that again. Um, I'm going to say no. <laughs> probably not, you know. Um, but yeah. then there's also times where I've had extreme anti-solitude where I'm constantly with people and I always I, I noticed like there's a certain limit like I want to say it's around five or six hours maybe where I start to feel all right I have to get away you know and honestly a few weeks ago last week at camp um, when we got flooded right and so I think one thing that people don't realize when the power goes out is how much sound is generated from electricity. Mm. The buzz of the lights, the going of fans, the stuff that you don't hear. Mm-hmm. And then when it's gone, silence. silent. Yeah. And so I never didn't hear people talking. And I remember thinking, like, this is crazy. I have to get away. I remember going to my bedroom, and it was so hot, so it was really hard to fall asleep, but I still heard talking. And it's not like I can't go outside and tell people, hey, stop talking, it, you know, because it was actually the middle of the day. But I remember just not being able to function because it's like, I have to get away, you know, um, which I couldn't. <laughs> so, like, so <laughs> yeah. those are the two extremes for me, just like, you know, three days, no people, but then three days of constantly being aware with people. Because even during camp where we're serving the whole time, when I went to bed, you know, I had the box fan going or the ceiling fan on mm-hmm. or, you know, I was able to read a book or something. Um, but with no power, you know, it's like, well, candles only do so much. All capability. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't have that. Just gone. All of a sudden, all of my coping, if you will, yeah. with people was just suddenly gone. And your your AC unit in that room. Sounds like a jet engine taking off. It really does. So, I mean, going from jet engine uh, in your sleeping environment to yeah. nothing and then having to hear people talking from, like, halfway across camp, I can imagine was quite a yeah. quite the shock. It, was, the it was pretty crazy. It was definitely crazy. So, we had... Uh, so, here at camp, we've had a lot of people coming in because uh, we have cabins and we can uh, cook for people now that we have electricity and natural gas back on. Nice. Um so we've hosted a bunch of volunteer teams through the time, um, and one of the teams actually came from a different church camp, uh, Camp Hebron in Pennsylvania, uh, and they were actually coming down um, as a, obviously they came down as a unit because they grew up together, but they came down as two, like, the directors of camp, and then also four people on, like, a, it's a leadership, kind of, not summit, disciple leadership uh, venture, something of, something of that mix yeah. of words. Right. Uh, and they're in this program for a year. And their first full day of this program together uh, was in Pennsylvania, and then they came to Kentucky. Um, oh, wow. Gosh. Yeah, super cool. Um, so he was like, I'd like to kick things off at the beginning of the year, just like a backpacking trip or something. Um, so they came to serve down here. Um, kicks it off really good. Oh, Hoping yeah. they come back in the spring. Kicked it off of a cliff. Uh, no, no, that's going to be the spring when we go climbing. Um, <laughs> but I do, I hope they come back right. for climbing because yeah. it's a good time. And we're right, like an hour right. from the gorge. So, um, but the, let's see. So they got here and then they 
worked for a day, and then the very next day, so the third day they were a collective cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. They did 24 hours of solitude. Exactly that. So they went up. Um, so for those of you that don't, don't know, uh, camp here, uh, Bethel Camp has 10 to 12 acres. If you've seen the camp and been to camp, uh, we use the 10 to 12 acres. Mm-hmm. But we actually own like 300 some odd acres. Right. Um, so we had no issues sending them off into the woods alone. Um, <clears throat> the only caveats he gave were I want them close enough that they can all build their own like tarp and I think he only gave them a tarp, a sleeping pad, and a sleeping bag. And that was it. Some of them chose to fast during this too, oh, uh, which wow. is kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he said, I just want all of them close enough to yell to each other in case something goes bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is fair. Yeah. I mean, you never know what goes on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, so they were all alone for 24 hours. Um, and getting to hear some of the stories of just intentionally being alone in solitude uh, wow. was yeah. really cool I would love to get to do that at some point it is really cool um, I did a short term mission mm-hmm. uh, thing so yeah. so in the three months of prep for that we did you know a bunch of like bible stuff and also team building stuff because you're going with people you don't know um, overseas so one of the things we did was went for a weekend. It was a thirty. I'm trying to remember if it was like a thirty-six hour, where it was of silence and fasting. Um, you're obviously allowed to drink water stuff like that, um, but then you were just supposed to be as silent as you could, like even walking through hiking trails. Stuff like that. You were supposed to stop, like, not try to whistle or anything. Oh, wow. Like, you were, you were trying to, you yourself, be as dead silent as possible. Like, would you even say, like, in your walking, too? Not necessarily just, like, your walking, but you're not... You not know, whistling or humming. Not whistling, or just, yeah. Hmm. In general, it wouldn't be, like... Obviously, there were other people hiking trails around, yeah. but you're also supposed to try and be kind of away from everyone. Um, it is a really really cool thing because you don't realize how much sound you make when even when you're trying to be quiet how much sound you emanate from yourself like I would be hiking no sounds around me and then I would caught myself a couple times humming something and it's like oh wait I'm making noise like so you would you would do that but then it's like walking through how much you can hear Mm-hmm. You walk past and you realize you can, you know, past a pond, you can hear frogs. That's pretty common. But then you hear, like, the faintest little splash that you never would have... It's not a fish jumping out of water. It's like a pebble falling into water that, because you are dead silent, was is really cool. And I think, for me personally, the fasting also played into that. Mm-hmm. Because you're very intentional and fasting somehow makes that more intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a really cool experience, though. Because even in my silence and isolation, <laughs> I still make a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> so that is something else. Of Even in when you go into solitude, trying to be as intentional as possible in your solitude. Because um, a lot of times yeah. I find myself... Not being, like, being by myself 
but still on my phone, distracting myself. So I'm not actually being quiet. I'm not actually in solitude. Right. Um, Right. So I think that's another thing. And I think you definitely hit on the mark when you said intentional. Because both of you actually said intentionally being silent. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, definitely the first step in, like, doing this in a healthy way is doing it in an intentional way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think of a few times that I've had, like, a solitude weekend um, unintentionally, right, or, like, thoughtlessly, rather. Because, like, um, at the morning school I work at... um, there have been, like, some Saturdays. Thankfully, not a lot, but there have been some Saturdays um, where, where I'm one of the teachers. I'm, I'm pretty much off-duty on Saturday, right? And I spend the entire day, and I don't do anything, right? And then by the end of the day, I feel awful. And it's mm-hmm. like, was I alone? Yeah. But I wasn't intentionally practicing solitude, mm-hmm. right? There was no self-reflection or, or not even, like, a good activity that I did because a lot of time it was mindless you know Mm -hmm. it'd be one thing if I read but I didn't read you know but it was just like um, sometimes I would just browse on my phone on Facebook watching those reels right (laughs) and then like figure out like oh my gosh I did that for an hour and a half and without even noticing it right because you know the mindless (laughs) suck at the portal (laughs) yeah you know Um, and then I realized like man that was just pointless you know Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not even doing something like, and I I think this is probably one of the least productive things to do, but you know, the, like at at the end of the day, when you look back and you see the most productive thing I did was watch that one show I wanted to watch, (laughs) you know, like there were some Saturdays where I didn't even do that, you know, and it's like, that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think being intentional about it, like. Um, this upcoming Saturday, I'm actually meeting up with an old co- college buddy of mine. So it's like, if that's the only thing I do on Saturday, that's great because I'm intentionally doing it, mm-hmm. right? Now, obviously, it's not solitude because I'm working with a friend, but I think intentionality behind it is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, so being intentional and set goals for solitude like, it doesn't have to be a full day. Like, we always hear just like, yeah, I want a full day to myself. Like, and that sounds nice. But you can even do it, um, like, you know what? I'm getting home at 6. So from 6 to 7, I'm just going to exist in my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, because even if it's like it's time to think of something scary you know just like how am i going to pay off that debt or how am i going to cover this how am i going to cover that um the act of sitting down to think about it um will help you solve it in the future right that's fair mm-hmm. yeah so make thought, yourself a list i thought too that in i guess <clears throat> In my past couple years, I always thought to just like, I have to be doing something in order for me to count it as productive and worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And until recently, I've not considered napping as productive (laughs) and worthwhile. Um, And one of the things, uh, some of you may know this, um, I don't know if I said it in the first one or not, but I'm going to say it again. Um, I have a one-year-old, and Mm -hmm. napping 
is very worthwhile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I will say, at camp during that week, um, I came up to check on you because you and I were co-rec directors, if you remember. Oh, yeah. And you were taking a nap um, with Cora. And you were laying on the couch, and she was laying on your chest, also completely zonked out. Passed out cold. That, um, is, that is how we nap, yeah. together. Uh, so, for whatever reason, she likes it. Um, when I'm in the, I mean, babies like rockers, period. Yeah. So yeah. I'm in the rocking chair, yeah. lean back a little bit. And she does this weird thing. I don't know if you'll have ever heard it before. But the it's like a, a yelling drone. Um not like flying drone, but like just a drone of noise coming out of her mouth. Oh, okay. And she's like, ah. And that is her sleep sound. She will uh, <laughs> Do not forever. rock herself to sleep, but she will... Drone herself to sleep. Drone, yes. Oh, she, that's until she yeah. just passes out. Yeah. But there is nothing more exhausting. Not, not exhausting. Nothing that makes you more tired instantly than having a sleeping child on your chest. Mm-hmm. Pass out cold best naps ever nice uh, but yeah so naps are actually way more functional than I ever thought I always thought like yeah. naps are just a waste of time how yeah. dare you sleep right. it is light outside there are things to do I think the <laughs> one thing that helped me appreciate naps which it's actually twofold for me one was I am naturally lazy uh, but then it's just like you know I can't nap all the time that's not going to be helpful right but, you know, when you look at the Bible and you see that even God rested, <laughs> even God, yeah. like, took a nap, if you will. So it's like, who are you, oh man, to think that you don't need one? Oh, yeah. You, you, you know? definitely need it. So even if you're, like, a high-energy, highly active person, it's good to just stop for a second. Even if stopping means going unconscious, you know. <laughs> Um, intentionally going intentionally unconscious. going unconscious yeah. just like you know what I'm going to take a nap from 5 to 5 30 because even if you just lay down and you can't sleep and don't sleep you were still intentionally you still rested. intentionally stopped for 30 minutes so okay. the, the whole idea of intentionality um, mm-hmm. I, I forgot I got this for my birthday mm-hmm. um, so it's a calendar um, I'll have to show you all mm-hmm. sorry if you're listening you cannot see it uh, but those of you that I'm talking to in person I'll show it to you after we're done with this uh, but it is called a Weeks of My Life calendar. Um, mm-hmm. It's based on the idea of memento mori, which is Latin oh, for yeah. remember that you have to die. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, so what it is, it is a 100 by 52 grid of little rectangles. Okay. Or little squares. And it's laid out 52 um, in a row. No, sorry. 52 columns. So they have 15 in a row. 52 columns. Um and it's one year old all the way down to a hundred year old. Uh, and you color in a square every week that you've been alive. Huh. So it, it makes you very intentional sure. and, and very aware of the fact like my time on earth is going to end mm. period. So wow. don't just, and when you mark off like one square, like you can see that actually start filling up the page. I've not done it yet. Cause I have to get a hanging for it. But yeah. the idea that, and I, the, on the website to order it, I chose the blank version. So because mm-hmm. I, I again wanted to be intentional about filling it in. So like yeah. knowing that a quarter of that's already going to be filled up, yeah. And the odds yeah. of me living to a hundred is not. I was going to say average great. is what like seventy to eighty. Yeah, yeah. for guys. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of daunting. That's, uh, yeah. But I do know. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if you fill it up and you can send it 
send a picture up to them and they'll send you a new one for free. Um, so, <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, you can fill in those extra five squares. <laughs> so for all, <laughs> so for everyone that makes 200, yeah. uh, you get a free calendar. So that's get, cool. Hmm. So that's, that's my main goal in life now. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. To get a free calendar. Get a free calendar. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just wow. the, yeah. the idea of intentionality mm-hmm. of not wanting to waste a week or time, but knowing that right. sometimes right. that requires you stepping right. back to observe what's going on mm-hmm. um, right. as opposed to just constantly doing. Yeah. You can constantly do until you're all the way down a rabbit hole that you mm-hmm. turned off on three years ago. Yeah. And it's not even close to maybe a goal you have mm-hmm. and you're just there. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the vast need we have and how much we stray away from reflecting on our lives and what we actually are doing and how important that is mm-hmm. to, to reflect of like yeah we spent you know this last week going to work your you know your nine to five job your mm-hmm. you know whatever it is but then what did you do after work and it's like okay here's a little little bits and pieces what did you do on your weekend and it's like at this point in my life to have a weekend where there is nothing planned for me. Right. <laughs> like, we don't have to go anywhere. This doesn't have to get done. To have those weeks is becoming rarer and rarer. And, the like, I guess those are the weekends, one, that I love because I'm introverted and I love my alone time. Right, so right. those are the days that I can just sit back and it's like, I have nothing to do. I can wake up, take it slow, play some video games, you know, hang out. But then also, I don't... I might set myself to do a task, and the amount of times I actually do that task on the days that I have to do nothing, I don't do it. (laughs) So it's like, so the importance to stop and reflect on, am I actually making forward progress on something that I said I'm going to do? Right. Um, Am I being intentional with the people I'm around? Um, With being married and not having a one-year-old child, my solitude is a little bit different, but then also acknowledging the importance of solitude with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is funny, because, like, you know, when we read the definition of solitude, we think of it being alone, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, And so, again, between the three of us, we pretty much cover it all. Me, being single, like... I, I have three kittens. <laughs> I have. You know? um, and then, you know, Tim, you married my sister, so it's just husband and wife. But then with you, you know, it's husband, wife, and daughter, right? Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about, because I pretty much, again, that covers all areas pretty yeah. much of mm-hmm. the life that a guy can experience. <laughs> um, let's cover those. How do you do solitude with a wife? So for Joelle and I, something I've really enjoyed getting to do with her um, is we, and this was recommended to us by uh, the couple that did our premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. They're just like, make goals for yourself, but don't just make them and forget about them, like be intentional about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a little journal um, that they got us, they were nice little note, um, gave us on our wedding day. Um, but we make our one year, three year, and five year goals. Mm-hmm. And so... <clears throat> Back, we got married four years ago, so we're starting to get close to like that five-year goal set to see, like, okay, like how are we doing? Yeah, um, it's really been cool to see those goals change. Um, mm. Obviously, from a five-year 
goal four years ago is now in our one-year goal set. Um, we look at those, and it's really cool, too, for us as a way to connect. And I know that the definition of solitude is to be alone, but I think there's something to said being too of being alone with someone, mm -hmm. doing something intentionally. Mm -hmm. So, like, we will sit down and reflect on these goals in our journal twice a year. Mm -hmm. We do it... Um, around our anniversary, uh, which is the beginning of June, and we typically do it around the end of the year. Um, so that's been really good, and I really look forward to those times. You're like, wow, yeah. like, we actually have done a lot. Because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, from the day-to-day, -day, it really does look like nothing changes. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you, like, actually get a chance to reflect, whether personally or with your family. I mean, granted, Cora, uh, our one-year-old, <laughs> she is not very much help in the <laughs> thought process um, and words right now. I'm sure she will be soon. Uh, but to get to actually see, and but also Cora, like our goal was to have a kid. Mm -hmm. And here she is. Like, yeah. right. check. Yeah. We did that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was our only reason to have a kid. Check it off the list. Exactly. <laughs> no, we all know that the only reason to have kids is for tax right <laughs> She cashed in. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding, by the way. Um, that was not our reason or purpose, but man, that was a nice bonus. <laughs> um, oh so she, again, you all don't have kids, you don't get this. Yeah. yeah. She was not born when the stimulus checks came out, but mm. since she had a social security number before the end of the year, she qualified on getting a stimulus check on the next round of taxes. That is so bizarre. Wow. wow. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Tell me about it. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, but yeah, back to solitude, practicing that. Yeah. Um, and I'm still learning, I mean, again, obviously, it's only been a year, and a lot of that she's not even been able to mobilize herself. Right. She's to the point where she's about to take off walking, and it's about to be terrifying. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's been really cool to see, um, was the word we're talking about? Solitude. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say altitude, though, isn't it? It's like <laughs> solitude with Cora mm -hmm. of watching her grow and develop has been mm -hmm. is really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Today we built like a little fort thing, and to, nice. for her to realize just I can go back and forth through this, and this is the best thing ever. It's just like man, simplicity. I think in solitude mm -hmm. is also something uh, yeah. really special. Okay, so Tim, your turn. Uh, I think where it is just Grace and I, um, solitude, which is, it also helps when you have a lot of things that you love to do together, as far as just, like, hobbies and stuff. Like, we both have a lot of shows we like to watch, we both like playing video games, we, Grace more than I likes reading books, but I, we enjoy, you know, a lot of the same genres, um, and just stuff like that, it's, you can do those things together mm -hmm. and not even necessarily be like interacting that much but to both be there doing it at the same time mm -hmm. even in silence mm -hmm. um it can just be just that quality time of knowing that this person cares about what we're doing mm -hmm. Maybe not to the extent that I care about it. <laughs> um, but you're still doing but you're still doing the thing together. Um, and both interacting is really, really a fantastic thing. And then also being able to also have somebody that you know in those times will reflect back to you. 
is a little terrifying at times because it's like I'm doing something even if it's just in what I'm doing I'm not saying anything for them to maybe say something back to you like hey this isn't great let's improve on this even it like in that solitude of it's only us two in our home is fantastic and also a little terrifying because we are both interacting in who the other person is like our identities are bouncing off of each other yeah um so very much the intentionality of our interaction when we are in solitude together Hmm. um Mm -hmm. that you have to stay intentional for a healthy relationship but then also knowing and learning when to not i guess reflect back and Mm -hmm. give you know yeah i come home i've had a terrible day what you know a little bit of okay i do need my space but you're still loving enough to give me that space mm-hmm. but still be here mm-hmm. and not just let me mope <laughs> right, <laughs> to right. keep you it's accountable an, in yeah. your solitude but to let you enough to unwind mm-hmm. i guess yeah and i think that's what's hard about being a single guy is that a hundred percent of the accountability is yours yeah right yeah um so I, I mentioned those Saturdays that I threw away. Like, I did, and that that was that was this year. You know, this isn't just like, oh, back when I was stupid. No, I'm stupid now. <laughs> you know, like, um, and you know, so you have to be a little bit more intentional because it's like it's your responsibility to do this. You know, um, so and I think when you make that concerted effort to have to experience solitude while single it will make solitude while married better because mm-hmm. you know it's like you already know how it works by yourself and hopefully like when you get married you're marrying someone who will enhance that or will be like hey this is who you are this is your character right mm-hmm. and you've forgotten does it make sense mm-hmm. you know it's like wait a minute no you're not lazy you actually are a hard worker does that kind of make sense? Oh, yeah. you know, having someone to reflect mm-hmm. that. But when you're a single guy, it's like, and I'm not trying, I'm not saying it's like, oh, it's so hard. Like, it is a little difficult, but I can do it. You know, you're also, I, I'm the one who has to remind myself. You're also you allowed know. solitude whenever you want. Right. <clears throat> and so I can get it anytime. Yeah. Because yeah. whether uh, we want to have solitude together Mm -hmm. um, and intentional family time Mm -hmm. or solitude just as a single individual person Mm -hmm. you still have to almost schedule that um, just because things are nuts uh, as far as schedule goes Um, Mm -hmm. and it goes back to the intentionality is you can Mm -hmm. have as much time or as little time as you put on the calendar Um, and without it being on the calendar then it almost falls apart yeah so I think I think let's end with what are some practical ways to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I know, you know, maybe some of our listeners are wondering, just like, you know, man, a full day of solitude, that sounds great. Like, if you're single like me, that's probably a lot easier to figure that one out. Um, but even then, some of us are super busy, you know. Um, and so I think maybe trying to find a whole day to yourself 
probably sounds difficult, mainly because it is difficult (laughs) and and probably unrealistic. So optimally, I guess my advice, um, try if you're a single person, shoot for an hour of intentional, silent reflection. Shoot for an hour. See if you can get that. And, you know, reflect on, like, how was today? How was this week? How was this month? How am I doing? Right? Mm-hmm. And then take it from there. You know, maybe you get a good hour in. Um, get a good hour in. Reflect. Think. See what you can do with that. You know? And It also doesn't have to yeah. look perfect. Like, right. you're allowed to get into it get distracted Mm -hmm. and come back to it like it shouldn't be okay i'm gonna go into my zen mode and automatically (laughs) start my timer yeah of one hour automatically get into it and like i am reflecting on my deep persona it's like no no no. you're learning this uh it's a learned process it's not an instantaneous instinct and obviously we've talked about intentional reflection another way of doing solitude is maybe a hobby like for me um i (laughs) Just to show how much of a nerd I am. <laughs> I love painting miniatures. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah, It's a mindless, just constant activity. Not mindless. Obviously, I'm being intentional on what color goes where. It requires a lot but of it's, focus. It's a, it's a focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. My entire existence is this one thing. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's helpful. You know, maybe it's like sewing or knitting or even cooking. Like Some people cook in solitude. And mm-hmm. if you do, send me a cookie. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But what would you guys say, talking to married people, any of our married listeners, so how do you practice solitude? I have one more practical thing that I've seen. I've not done okay. it. I would yeah. love to do it. Gotcha. So as our pastor, um, when we were in college, he, I think he did it once a year, maybe once every other year, but he would go to the monastery, I think in Bardstown, Kentucky, mm. and spend a weekend there. Mm. And I, I could be butchering this. Um but like the only thing in the room, of course you have your bed one up. Like and there's a desk, and like on the desk is a little card. I'm pretty sure he's only said it just says like reflect. Mm. But at a monastery, you're not allowed to talk. Like it is it's, utter silence mm. always right. around people who have committed to utter silence yeah. always. Yeah. So I would love to get to do that. It's a very practical thing. You put on the you put on the calendar. You pay for it. And then it's somewhere you have to drive to. So, like, that is a very specific thing. Like, if you really want to schedule this and, like, want to jump off the deep end and do it, or you want to take a deep step farther, like, go for it. Um, I would love to, but I've not done it, so I can't say it's extremely practical. But as far as practicality in my life, I would say that solitude requires thought. Whether it's thought about getting to the point of solitude or in the solitude. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that don't go into into your time of solitude without um, I don't want to say without a goal because that might look different depending on the person mm-hmm. but right. if there's a suggestion I can make is if you've never done like a, an hour of reflecting or um, is make a goal list to reflect on your life as a collective so make a goal list um, and I would suggest three separate tiers so like a immediate goal so that could be a one year um intermediate three years and a long term five years a lot can change in those three to five years and not all of the plans or goals are met yeah. 
or if that sounds really long, really far out from now, even take it to one month, six months, one year. Um, that is much more attainable, I think, for some people who aren't wanting to go far in the future. But also, if you really want to, you could even do like a day, a week, a month. Like very immediate, very practical into the nitty gritty of life. Yeah. Tim, what about you? Um, I guess the the first thing I think is like when you're just husband and wife, it's just the two of you, it's just it's significantly easier to find solitude than it is with, you know, with a child. Um so the first thing that came to mind is dedicate a weekend, which I guess it would usually be anniversary or something, you would go somewhere, but make sure that you have something that you can do as a married couple to not have anyone else you know around. Because mm-hmm. um, if you go somewhere and go hiking and you meet other people, that's one thing, but you don't, you're not, you know, going out and spending the weekend with a group of friends who you're going to be hanging out with a ton. Um, so it would be make sure you have a very dedicated time, even if it ends up being a weekend once a year, have a time where it is just you two together. Because as much as you, as intentional as you can try to be and should try to be in a relationship, in the day-to-day, it very quickly becomes very hard to sit down and have a hard conversation and a hard talk without being displaced from your normal your normalcy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so have something, get away, go hike somewhere for a weekend, because then everything is new and it's a little bit easier to refresh and get into a better headspace, I guess, to talk about something that you need to talk about to make plans to reflect on where you guys are and where you want to be. I think um, in, a, in a new space, too, it's almost like your outsiders looking at your all's live yeah. together yeah. at home. Um, so mm. it's easier to maybe point out yeah. those things. Yeah. Right. And actually, so the single equivalent of that, I've done this a few times recently, going out and eating in a restaurant by myself. That's a blast. I, it's, I love yeah. it. Go out, watch a movie by yourself very like good. you know people think like oh these are social things i have to do it with people you don't Mm-mm. i would encourage you to do it what's you know what's 15 bucks to have dinner with yourself mm-hmm. you're a pretty great company <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would definitely say yeah. don't be like we need to not be afraid to be in our own heads every once in a while because we can very quickly section off parts of our lives that we don't want to think about until it gets to the point of you shouldn't be with another person until you've worked on like and you still work through those things once you're married once you have a kid you're still doing those things but you need to make sure that you're not just shoving everything into the past and then one day that boils over and just explodes a lot yeah, easier um, to unpack it personally than yeah. make someone else unpack it for you. Yeah, true. Sure. Yeah, and sometimes you need someone to help unpack. Just 
you know, that's generally what counselors... Yeah. Or even, like, Can a confirm. really close friend <laughs> yeah. who, like, just sit... You just sit there and chat, but yeah. make sure you're intentional with where you are in life and where you want to be mm-hmm. and who you want to be in the future. Yeah. And also, read your Bible. Because that could be yeah. a huge guide. <laughs> and it that, should be a huge guide. So some of you might be wondering, like, well, how do I know when I need solitude and when I need to talk to someone? Honestly, give solitude a shot first. And if you're still struggling with it after two or three times of intentional solitude, find a counselor or a good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I would say a trained counselor of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. Like like myself, where I, <laughs> I got my master's degree in biblical counseling. I know how to help people unpack things, right? Um, and that's because they are trained to know how to help you process things, you know, not to solve your problems, but to help you, like, I'm going to ask the right questions so that you get it out there and you solve your own problem. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's essentially what counselors do. So, but I think this is pretty good. Good advice, guys. I'm enjoying this. All right. Thanks guys. Uh, This is... The end of episode two of Overcomplicated. Uh, join us next time. Um, for who knows what. For who knows what, yeah. <laughs> Still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah.